Lights. Camera. Presents. We're opening the presents. 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 All right, Cinemagic people, we are here. It is your host with the most, Jonathan Gondois, opening Celebrating his, his birthday, opening his presents. Celebrating his birthday. Doing it live here on the podcast, mm -hmm. so I haven't seen him yet. But the first one for our visual oh. series you can see here, which is an awesome fucking poster of Voltron. Yes. Holy shit, this That's looks a limited nice. edition. This looks really nice. Yes. Uh, if you can see here, it's an old school OG Voltron, but the colorization on there is... Ridiculous. Uh, really freaking great, man. Yeah, man. This is actually a really nice poster. <laughs> um, I now have to decide whether I'm going to put it in my home office or in my actual office. So I have to start decorating my actual. You got to, you got to, you got to get a frame on that bad boy. Oh no, I'm going to go and buy a frame. This is actually really cool. Yes. Um, I'm trying to show it all on the camera. Yeah, there you go. I love the colors on this thing. Do you see how this pops? Do yeah, it's ridiculous, pops, man. Like, like, it, it actually, uh, when I was, when I was, uh, when I was, you know, looking for present, I. I saw that and I could not stop staring at it and I was just looking at it on a screen. Yeah, so. no, it's great. And Rick and I have a, 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 a very love of Voltron. I have my Lego Voltron, which my cat Nezuko gave to him. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Nezuko. Woo. Uh, Voltron's here. Love. I'm going to get a frame for this. Thank you so much. I think I have a second present and yes, Amy's helping me out here. Yes, oh, thank you so much. That's really cool. And I really have to decide. So I'm like, man, I want to look at it every day. Uh, is it this one with the pin? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it is the key. Is it a pin to um one of the keys to the lines? Like the yes, it's 100% one of the keys to the lines. Yes, sir. Keys to the line is. So I could be all Voltroned out of this one because I got a key to the lines as well. Look at that, baby. So uh, thank you so much, Rick. That is so great. You're welcome. I really do appreciate it. I want to show you the secondary present that I got. Please. For myself. I can't wait to see it. Are you ready? Ready for what, it? What you get? Hey, Optimus. Oh. Transformed. I had totally forgotten about. Yep. I got oh. my own transforming Optimus Prime over here. So uh, I, I just also wanted to show that because I know Rick would be, whoops, real mad at it. Oh no, no, I'm I'm super stoked for you, man. That is such a cool thing to have. Yeah, I I, I remember I told you when I ordered this. Remember when I told you I ordered we were this, filming. Like, we were filming. Yeah, I remember filming. we I, were filming. Yeah, I, yeah, we were filming a movie, and I said I'm gonna buy that one, and so that's my kind of we're filming a movie uh, present to our myself. And it came during my birthday, so it was kind of cool. Uh, you, you know, you know when you showed it to me, I'll never forget this. You showed me um, we were eating uh, some cheese and drinking mm -hmm. some wine and eating some mm -hmm. grapes, going over that day's filming, and we were over at uh, Manhattan Beach. That's where we were when you when you showed. Yep. Me that. Yep. Uh, and it, I said, yep. And I said I bought this. It looks and just as epic that. in person as it does in. Yes, yep. yep. Nezuko's not giving you this one, sir. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much. That's 
some awesome the presents here. Happy birthday, um, my brother. Presents, it's because of Rick and filming. So I like to say that. So that's why I have to show Rick. That's uh, why filming. And the other one is the Voltron, which I'm so happy mm. about. Even got my little key pin here. I'm going to put this on one of my jackets because uh, I am cold here. So I have to actually it wear jackets. <laughs> you, know, you know who's from Yakima? Kyle McLaughlin, original dude. <laughs> so uh so thank you so much and thank you for all the happy birthday wishes out there i really did appreciate it so thank you so much uh and we'll transition from there because uh what is a present to myself is now a present to rick with one of your own favorite series out there rick um yes this week we are going to first of all let me say um when when jonathan came up with this for this particular podcast i was not at all mad I didn't think I would be mad, and I'm not mad. This is not Mortal Kombat, and it sure as hell is not the other one either. I don't feel that a period of my life was lost and irretrievably, <laughs> that I cannot get it back to where the point that I'm dying, if I could live 20 minutes longer, I can't because I watched freaking Justice League for four hours <laughs> and Mortal Kombat for an additional two. And I mean, for that, it's more like, you know, for every hour of Justice League that you watch, you lose 10 hours of your actual life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for fucking killing me, guy. But <laughs> he said, he said, you know, there's a lot of uh, buzz around Dune and everything. And um, the reason why I was excited for this is because I don't necessarily consider myself like a hardcore go all into it sci-fi person. Like, there's a lot of things about sci-fi that I don't know, and I'll be the first one to admit that. When it comes to Dune, I long ago read the six books that were written by Frank Herbert. Not the actual continuations and films that were written by his son, Brian J. Herbert. Um, or Brian Herbert, sorry. Um, but I read the original six books in the Dune universe, which are Dune, alright? Um, Dune Messiah... Children of Dune, uh, God Emperor of Dune, Dune Heretics, and Chapter House Dune. But obviously we're just talking about Dune itself, the one that's based on the books. And to put it so that people can sort of understand, the two main films that have been done, which is the one that we're going to talk about, and then the one that was released in 1984, were based on the book. There were some series... You know, limited series are released in sci-fi within over the years and stuff like that, but they weren't strictly Dune first book. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about, not the book, but the the film itself. And uh, for me, I have been looking forward to this um, this particular film because this film itself seems like. It stays true to the book, and in a lot of areas it does. But then there are certain things about it that I did not like, and I'm going to say what those are too. Um, so Dune, to make it clear, is a story of really the coming of age of Paul of House of Artrides. Uh, Artrides. I always have a problem... I think they... In, in the movie, at least, Atreides. I think they pronounce it Atreides. Atreides. It's Paul... Of the House of Atreides. And the House of Atreides is essentially this, you know, one of the noble houses of the universe that is essentially called by the emperor to please become the new stewards of the planet 
Arrakis, which is the only planet that contains the spice. If you've read the books, I always felt that the spice really kind of referred to like LSD because the original <laughs> book was serialized and then it was released, but it came out in 1965, and this is around the time where LSD was really popular with a lot of people. Um, so it, it talks about the coming of age of Paul, and essentially it, it's, it talks about really the attempted destruction in, you know, in, a, in a plot between the emperor and the baron Harkonnen. of the house of Harkonnen to destroy them and really take just take over permanently because the spice essentially is like currency in the universe that's 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 pretty much the gist of the story so i got to say you know having read the book having see, seen the original what I like about this film, hands down, they did an amazing job of it. If you've read the book, you'll understand it's all about scale. I went to, to the movies to see this. So scale-wise, they captured it because this is a big freaking film. And it is not your typical sci-fi film like Star Wars or stuff like that where you're going to have all these jumping bells and whistles because Dune has like a serious like spiritual kind of you know almost you know religion plays a part into it like their version of religion plays a part of it into it a lot to the point where um jihad is a very popular term in the first book and in dune messiah it is actually a jihad that's waged throughout the universe to essentially bring balance to the universe what you know i love the scale of it the scale of it was phenomenal it really is something that when you watch it in 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 uh in um in a theater you're like impressed you're impressed it's really done right and it does justice to the book it does justice to the source material it has all of the important characters except for one which is um fied um, the one that was played by Sting in the original film, that is a character within Dune. I don't actually quite know why they didn't feature it, when, and that's really one of my first things that I didn't like about the film. Um, you know, and again, from the visual, it was flawless. I have to say that it was flawless because it was. Story-wise, though, and, you know, being a fan, I feel comfortable saying this. I feel that although this was beautiful in in a lot of ways story-wise it was only done halfway here's what i what i don't like are you getting into spoilers yet because if uh, you want to make oh, sure no, no, i'm gonna i'm definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into all the spoilers let's start with the open uh, give, give a non-spoiler first because you know i get get before you get in mm. and you can say what you don't like but i don't want you to spoil anything yet we'll get into that later all right give me your, your impressions non-spoiler right my my impressions non-spoiler did, there is it, it is very true to source material okay really true in a lot of the characters uh duncan idaho at least in the perspective of what they mean to the story although i feel that you know and, and that gets into spoilers so i'm not gonna say that but like it really does show you 
what you're reading in Dune. Because Dune is one of those theater of the mind type things that when you look, when you're reading and you're looking through the pages, you basically have to imagine all of this in your own, you know, in your own visual, like, just close your eyes and actually think about it. Um, and this does a great job of that. I love that. Um, I thought I enjoyed the editing because I thought that it was pretty flawless the way they, they kind of went from one scene to the next and everything like that. I like that. Um, and I mean, I love the fact that it's the Dune universe being revisited with, with a more modern eye. Because if you look at Dune 1984, it was a fun movie, but at the same time, people felt that the story was sort of incomplete because they were trying to jam a very thick book into two and a half hours. Okay, and Dune's not the sort of story that you tell in two and a half hours. Like, I've always felt Dune's probably something that you should do a limited series for. Or a, you know, series with limited episodes. I'm, I, I'm so glad you said that. So, I'm, I'm, before you go on, I just want to go real quick. Mm -hmm. My background on Dune is I've heard of it. I've never read the books. Right. I've never seen the original 1984 series. So, I'm coming into Dune with fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. But what you said right there is my feelings on this movie. It is beautifully shot. I think oh, no. the cinematography on this is amazing. It. Uh, it's expansive. It. It's big. I watched it at home with my surround sound and theater TV, and I still got that sense of scale with my 4K TV and everything. But you have I got that TV. sense of scale. I loved it. <laughs> and I can see on a bigger screen how it would look even better. It does. But I feel when you say that it was half done and very slow, I felt like this was the beginning of something. I was missing a whole bunch of story and I was like, you know what? If this was a streaming series, I'd be hitting next right now. But since it is not, I feel kind of let down. Not like, let oh, down. And I totally understand that. And, and that's really been one of the biggest criticisms for it. And, and, and it's not a wrong criticism. And so now I'm going to get into spoilers. Yeah. So I, non, yeah. So before we get into, mm. so if you haven't seen it yet, uh, suggest watching it. I, I don't, we'll wait to the end. Just I, skip, or if you don't care about spoilers, I don't. Look, I don't, I don't. Like I said, um, I don't have a Justice League feeling here, at all. Yeah, I, I, because I wouldn't say I know, that I know, I know the background of it, and but even if you didn't know the background of it, and you're looking it's not at, a yeah, but you're still looking at it with like, okay, everything's there. It just needs a little more, and this, this is my thing with. Um, this is a true space epic. People say Star Wars is a space epic. I'm sorry, it is not. It is a great popcorn movie, and it, it you know, little else. It's a else. family saga. And it's, it's a family saga. It's not really a space epic. Like, if you really want to look at a space epic, this is it. This is what you're looking for. However, and here's the howevers that I'm going to get into now. They had in Timothy um, Chalamet somebody who physically looks like a 15 year old although timothy's like 25 mm -hmm. and yep. you know comparatively speaking if you go back and look at 1984 they had kyle mclaughlin who was the same age but looked like a grown man timothy does mm -hmm. actually look like a 15 year old what i don't like story-wise and this is just my view on it i find paul to be too brooding, too almost whiny, 
And although you could technically say that's how he's written in the book, print and visual are two totally different things. So when you're bringing mm -hmm. the character in, for me to get invested, you have to give me a reason to be invested on this character. I 100% wasn't. Knowing the story, I kind of tried to, but being fair, I 100% wasn't. Not, I, you know, it just... I, I agree with you 100%. And as a person who doesn't know the story, I wasn't invested in any of the characters, honestly. I'm just going to say that. like, But I'm going to tell you why. Actual dialogue was almost not... Paul got the most dialogue, but no one else really had a lot of dialogue. Even Duncan, his best friend, I was counting his dialogue. I was like, he had like 15 lines. And after but that, I'm gonna nothing. Tell you, but I'm gonna I was tell supposed you, to care about But I'm going to tell you why. First of all, yes... Paul wants to make his father happy. But everything that you see there, Paul having these visions, he's supposed to be the Messiah. And really, he is supposed to be the Messiah. But the problem is, when you have someone who's supposed to be the guy that brings happiness to wherever there is sadness and brings love to wherever there is hate, and these are things that are actually mentioned in the book, and they're mentioned in the in the in the in the original film. I gotta be investing myself in this character's journey already. I'm not because I find him to be whiny and complainy. I named him Complainicus. Um, I didn't care for that. Um, then there's divisions. Again, when you're doing when you're transferring something from print to visual. You have to understand that you can't turn something into what's going to appear to be its own standalone scene and then go back or transition to somewhere where you're then left confused. Wait a minute, what happened there? Yeah. And that happened a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. I was by towards the end, I was like, I'm really sick and tired of these visions. Just move the plot forward. Did, really and, and the thing is, the, the thing forward. is, you could you could have talked about two or three visions, only given me one actual vision where it matters the most. Talked about yes. the rest of them within the dialogue, but then not made it about that. But then there's more about about it that I didn't like, and it's the fact that his vision center around um, Shani or Shani. I always like mess her name up. Um, I, I, I know I don't remember because even though we saw visions of her, we got her name like once at the end. But here's my it. it's it's Shan E or it's C H A N I, I believe. So she's in there. She's in there. And you're building to something. And I think the original actually does a better job of this to build to their chemistry because that's going to be his the mother of his children okay that's going to be basically his wife although they they have concubinage and and, and that and, and they mentioned that because paul's mother is his father's concubine and that is a fact but like they have they're building to this and at one point i was really kind of eager to seeing how they would build to this and how they would pay it out. 
And I gotta tell you, and I'm going a little bit out of order here because there's a lot, but I gotta tell you that I was insanely disappointed in how they paid that off because she looks at him, and at this point you've heard, he's the one, he's the Messiah, he's this, he's that. And that also didn't work for me, but it didn't work for a specific reason. But when she gets to him, she's like, they say you're supposed to be the one. I don't see it. I'm going to give you this knife so you can get in that fight and die with some honor. Because you're just a little boy. And this is why that whole Messiah thing didn't get paid off well either. Because even if in the book they mention it again, print to visual is totally different. If you, if I am already seeing you and you look like a 15-year-old kid to me, I don't need to fucking be reminded every so often that you are a little kid. Or that you yeah. are looking like a little kid. And like three times when they're with Dr. Kynes, you know, they're, she's like, you're just a boy in hiding because he's coming up with these grandiose plans because he's supposed to be the one and supposedly he's accepted that fate already. You're just a boy in hiding. Oh, he's too young. That In that one little scene where you know Gurney Halleck had saved himself because you see the beard on the side, that was Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck's still alive. He, he, he's still alive. He didn't die in, you know, when he was fighting everybody off with his pocket knife um, outside. When you see that and, and you see them talking about this, the fact of the, the, the matter is you are taking credibility away. I already see visually that he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but yeah. give me something to hang on to that will make me believe that he is a credible super credible force to be reckoned with that he will in fact be the next emperor that he will create these children one of which will become the god emperor in the series like you're not giving me that and let's forget about source material for a second and and say that this wasn't based on source material you're still not giving me that yeah yeah and as a person who again didn't see the 84 movie, haven't read the books. I'm coming in this just wanting to see a good movie, right? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm coming for. I'm like, hey, I want to see a good movie. And it opens, and I'm like, oh, it's grand. It's scale. It looks beautiful. It is. But the plotting and the payoff, I agree with you, doesn't happen. I'm like, this would be a much better limited series, but I think you're shooting yourself in the foot by setting things up. This movie, to me, is just set up. It should have just been called the setup movie. Because it's but, all set up, but no here, payoff. But here again, here again, here's something that bothered me. You see, it opens up in Dune. Beautiful. And then, little scribble, part one. Yep. I don't need to know that there's going to be a sequel. I can assume that on my own. I, in, in doing that already, you're telling me this is way too long for us to tell in two hours. So, mm -hmm. just to let you know, FYI, remember to come back for the second part later on when we do it. I was like, God damn it. Like, you know, because the first one did it, what the first one did, the, the, the first film ever made about this in, in 84, was it basically, you know, condensed the story. And at the end, spoiler alert. Paul, who now calls himself Paul Moadib because he's with the Fremen, you know, really has come of age and is fully, and, and you actually can find yourself seeing yourself fully invested on his growth because at that point, 
he's no longer Paul of House Atreides. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Paul Moadib, who can use the voice with perfect pitch, perfect tonality, and can do a bunch of things. Okay. Another problem. His See, fo- uh, uh, no, right there. Before you go to the next one. I understand that that's probably just because I know plot and structure of where it's going, but this movie took so long to do that that it reminds me of like, listen, Fellowship of the Ring. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna compare it to Tolkien. Yeah, they had to cut things out. They had to like leave things in there, but in order to make that book and move that story forward, right? And could Fellowship of the Ring be broken up to three or four movies? Probably, right? Of mm. course it could. But I think they did a good job of putting that very grand book into one long movie right and it, but the, the original did it the original yeah. did it the only reason why they didn't like the original there's other reasons for that for why they didn't like the original and I, you know if you look at the original really you would understand why but what i'm saying is you're already building me up to let me know that there's a sequel that's disappointing to me i agree i wasn't I, expecting I, that at first, I literally got a Justice League flashback. When it said part one, I was like, oh, are they going to do chapter headings like Justice League? That's what I thought. That's honestly the first thing I thought is that we're doing chapter heading like that. But then when I realized like 45 minutes in, I'm like, nope, they just mean this is part one. It kind of also put me in a mindset that the time that they wasted in this movie, by that I mean they kept showing landscape shots they kept showing vision they kept just wasting time because i'm like listen man this is a movie not not a netflix show or streaming service that you can press next on i'm like it's limited time move the story forward i didn't i didn't care for that but other parts that i also didn't care for was certain characterization in terms of who you're First of all, I don't understand why they don't have Fade. Fade was a massive villain in the first one, um, in the film and in the book. Fade is part of the House of Harkonnen. All right, he is he, he Dave Batista's character? No, no. And this is another problem that I had. Raban, Raban, is a far crueler character. Like Batista's character almost seemed to be the voice of reason with Stone Skarsgård's uh, version of the Baron. Um, the Baron is really supposed to be this disgusting, horrible character. And I think they did a great job of that in the first one. And, and even in this one, too, because you see it and you see the Baron and you're like, holy crap, man, this, this guy's nasty. He looks like he's just a nasty general being. So that, okay, I'll give you that. But, but, Raban is a much more calculated, beastly guy. I think they could have given Batista more to work with. And if they didn't cut it out, I wouldn't know. But, damn, he is, like, and... I'm going to say this. They should have done that to every character. Like, if you go back and watch this film... The actual dialogue is minimal. It's more establishing shots and looking than actual characters. I, I felt I stuff. felt that way too. So to me, I'm like, I'm like, sure, Batista's character could have been. He could have done anything, 
basically this character shows up, says five lines, and disappears again. And I'm supposed to remember him three years from now in another movie? Like they That's, This is the reason. This characters. is the freaking reason why this would be much better laid out in a in like a ten episode series, thirteen episode series, because this is a story that if you're going to tell it according to the way that it was written, you cannot tell it in a single film. And again, I am going to later on touch on why that is. Yeah. Dune and is one of those things that it created an entire universe that's far different because it it's one of those things where you're you're not looking at the same amount of action. This is very limited action, but it always did have very limited action. I get that, but to me Fellowship of the Rings a very dense big book that Peter Jackson's able to tell it in one film, like, you know. And if I look at this, it's supposed to be again another novel. I see nothing but like half that movie to me was wasted time. I got it. Like, but it kept just showing I feel me more like I feel thought, that there's showing very... me more visions. They could have just told me why. I, I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't care for the for for that many visions. Also, I didn't care that it would do. It would basically do um, something which is like it would. Give me the idea that he was going to have a character that was going to, um, you know, help him along in his journey, and it turns out that that's the character that he ends up killing. And, and yeah, I didn't understand his. I I, I, didn't, I, I didn't understand like, and you know, you try to use voiceover, right? A life takes a life, gives a life, wakes up the sleeper, and I'm like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like that's not the way it's supposed to be, and that fight actually, within context, it's not even really that. It's he's already he had already been taken in by the Fremen, so to actually make it that he has to kill somebody to become a part of the Fremen is inaccurate, for one. And I didn't I, get it. I found his visions. I'm glad you talked about that. I was at the end of the movie, and when he killed him, I was like, "Well, isn't that antithesis of the vision?" I was mad that I did not understand how his visions worked by the end of this two hour and a half movie where they showed me so many visions. They spent more time showing me visions than characters. And yet I still don't know how his visions And we go work. back and now we go back to him and and, and his <laughs> and, and, and his love interest in the film. This is the person that's supposed to be his wife, that's supposed to have his children, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know that she, because no, I she, haven't read she, the books. So I she, don't no, but she, but but that's that's the that's the point, right? They're supposed to get together, and he's having these visions of grandeur with them together. And at one point, she kills him, but another point, she says, "A desert mouse could survive," and he's in love with her. And she's got the beautiful blue eyes and whatever. I'm sure, sure, okay, good. Here's a problem that I had. All right. Not only does she say, you're not the one, you look like a little boy and I'm going to let you die with dignity. But the just insane lack of chemistry between the two of them as characters. Where there's like a complete like, yeah, okay, sure, you're alright, you killed the guy, whatever. But I'm just like, it doesn't tell me what I need to know about the two of them actually becoming a couple. 
that's because they were more concerned about the actual visions than the actual character. Right, and the because payout they was gave not good. No... And the payout yeah. was not good. And the payout was yeah. not good. And what's worse to me was really the ending, and here's where I'm going to spoil it. Mm. The ending of... You got people writing sandworms. Okay. You shouldn't have really told me that because... Here's the problem. His father was all about the desert power and we can be together and we can be a team and we can make this work and that's cool obviously that never pays out never pays out in the books either however okay why are you gonna give me something that then tells me the following thing there's hundreds of thousands of Fremen which are you already told me that They can control the worms, apparently. Okay. So what you're telling me is that the hundreds of thousands of people that can control the one fucking thing that no one can beat haven't risen up ever against the Harkonnens to beat them just in that exact way? Like, you're literally ending it there telling me that these people are so fucking dense that they don't know that they could actually beat their enemies this way and all I'm all I'm left with is this is only the beginning really so two and a half hours is only the fucking beginning god yep. damn you because yep. this cut. dude it doesn't but it doesn't end that way in the fucking last in the last one that was done that gets so derided and so maligned this is actually the story like the story of Dune is wrapped up and they do have a lot of stuff that's presented the same way in the book. Not exactly the same way, but they did it. Yeah, and I, and this is why I go back to Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson, which I want to say I just think does it better because I'm like, this whole movie to me should have been the first half an hour. I was like, if you cut a lot of the landscape shots, if you cut all these visions, you could do this movie in a half an hour. And actually finish something. For it, it, here's, this is like the setup to nothing. I was like, this movie, I just call it the setup. I'm like, here's the setup to another movie. Here's Hopefully the funny thing. Greenlight. Here's the funny thing. Um, the Surrealist director, Alejandro Jodorowsky, there was a documentary done about him in 2013. And I, and I mentioned this to you um, when we we're, you know, getting ready to talk about this. Not that we actually discussed our views because, again, no. whenever we actually talk about stuff, we are literally giving you exactly what we have seen. We are not trying to persuade each other. I have a love for Dune because of what I know from other stuff. Jonathan's looking at it from fresh eyes. This is the first time I've seen it, mind you. But we're coming together in the sense that, you know, this, the way that this was done... I feel, and I'm in agreement here, that you have tons of potential that mm -hmm. wasn't fully exploited. Because when you have yeah. this much visual beauty, you can speed a story along. Look, you can't tell a whole damn book in, in two hours. You can tell the best parts of it mm -hmm. and the parts that make the characters the most compelling. You need to make your protagonist compelling because if I don't like him because I think he's a whiny emo kid, emo in the sense that he's just like, mm, I'm not in the mood. 
the way that was delivered sounded so freaking entitled that when you know when Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck is kicking his ass, I'm cheering for Josh Brolin's character. I was too, honestly. I was, I was like, like, yeah, kick his good. ass, man. This is this is what's this is the problem. This is just some punk ass kid. Needs yeah. to be needs to be shown. And, you know? and to, to me, as a person who didn't read the books, I don't know the characters. I literally was like, when everybody was dying, I was like, I feel nothing for them. I was like, Duncan literally had his first scene with the pilot when he came off the hangar, right? Uh-huh. I didn't see Duncan again until the war room After where he, he was, was explaining the Furman. Yeah, right, he explained the Furman. And then I saw him during the battle, right? Which he really didn't talk. I just saw him beat some people up during the battle. Yeah. And then he's like, oh... I need to tell you about your father. He's dead. Okay. And then he immediately dies. I was like, all right, sure. I know nothing of Duncan. Duncan means nothing and, to and me. And you know what's really he's funny? barely in it. You know what's really and funny? two hours, he's barely in it. Duncan? I was like, what's the point? The character of Duncan and the character, like, this is the worst part of it. Is if you If you read the books, Duncan outlives his consciousness outlives house Atreides. It outlives it. And it's because there are certain aspects that weren't brought into the film that were from the books, like creating golas, which are golas or something like that, which is where your consciousness is stored because it survives. So, you know, it's almost basically like a cloning process. You know, Duncan is actually one of the more, like, truly most important characters in all of Dune but the way he is looked at here you know I I read somewhere they gave him an epic death scene and I was like well it depends on what you call epic if what you're calling epic is you compared it to the first Dune where he dies fairly easily at the hands of a couple of dudes yeah it's pretty epic he does fight like six or seven guys and he kills a majority of them before he you know succumbs okay but there's still a bunch of thugs. And the reason why that's not a credible scene to me is because one of the biggest fears that the advisor of the Baron had while talking to the troops about the impending attack on, on, on Arrakis is the fact that they said they've got Duncan, Idaho, and Gurney Halleck. Like, these were the baddest dudes in the universe. Because they were, and you're not actually, Gurney survives, but you're not really showing much of how he survived. He just does survive, and, and you kind of get an idea of it, and you'll see it probably if they do a sequel. But, you know, Duncan Idaho, even though technically that's how he died, you're not really getting to the depth and importance of the character himself, because... You've given me so many establishing shots, all of them beautiful. I'm not going to say that they aren't. Yep, I mean, goddamn, the all cinematography, woo, beautiful, amazing, beautiful. Amazing, amazing film. But on that, I'm just like, what the hell? I would have loved. What you just told me about Duncan, I'm like, yeah, he seems like. I wish I had more dialogue even about him. I wish I had more about him to care. Because it, it makes me seem like if you were going to take two hours and a half to do this movie, why not do more characterization? To me, it's weird that all the characters are so shallow, even though they took more time. 
That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like my mind's like, well, that doesn't make sense. No, and, and, I should have more characterization, and the problem with not it, less. The problem. I even heard about his mother. I'm just gonna say this. I heard about his mother from the books when, cause I didn't read it, but I heard they're like, yeah, it's kind of sad his mother didn't have like a larger role. The the religious role is really big in the books. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. barely in this movie. It's massive. But it's barely in this movie. It's a couple well, and, of scenes, and here's, and here's one of the things too that kind of bugs me. The, the Bene, the Bene Gesserit, mm. all right, the sisters, they are as powerful, especially in the book, as powerful and as amoral as you can possibly get, all right? Mm-hmm. They have the same scene in the original film where he goes in and puts his hand in the box. In this film, what they tried to do did not work. When they did it in the first film, you actually see through the box. And again, te the technology wasn't there, so now it looks outdated and whatever. But you see the hand melting and opening up and things like that. And you see the pain that he's going through. So you can oh, actually relate when you see his visuals. Like when you see his hand. And, but and, and they're only there for like one or two times. Right? It's so like, ah, damn, you don't fuck, you know, like that. But you see a stronger Paul. Here, mm. you just see him with his hand in a box. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, my hand, my hand, my hand, my hand. It's like, but you can see right through. There's not, nothing fucking going on there. And so when you yep. say that there's pain, fucking show me that there's going to be some pain. If you're going to cut to a vision at that point, that's when it would be a good idea. Show me fire. Show me brimstone. Show me death. Show me something that inspires the idea that he's fucking seeing pain from sticking his hand in a box that's clearly two sizes too big for his hand. Mm. That's not... That doesn't work. Yeah. If you do it that way, if you don't give me a visual, that doesn't work because unlike cutting away a quarter of a second before something happens and leaving me to think that something did happen, like if you're chopping someone's hand off or you're shooting somebody, doing something like that, this is a visual where you could clearly see that nothing's happening because he's in the box. That's it. Mm. it you got to give me some kind of visual, and that's where the visions would then work because it would make more sense. Because you're saying yeah. he is the chosen one, and because he's the chosen one, that's why he's having these visions, that's why he's feeling this pain, blah, blah, blah. That would have sold it to me in just those, you know, that 35, 45 second interaction right there. And yep. it is, you know, they do, they don't like, I don't know, like, they just make it so, because it is something that's going to be slow, but there's a way mm -hmm. to speed up the slow and you have to take some artistic license. And with talking about artistic license, here's where I'm going to get to Jodorowsky's Dune. Mm. Okay? To, as a compa comparison. Jodorowsky in 1975, uh, he had carte blanche to do anything with uh, French distributors, and he said, I want to do Dune. Because he heard about the book. And it had been a bestseller and stuff. And by then, they were on, I think it was like the fourth book, third book probably, of the series. And he wanted to do Dune. Think about this. Because I'm going to blow the shit out of your mind right now with this. Jodorowsky wanted Orson Welles as the Baron. Right? 
He wanted Salvador Dali as the emperor. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, and he got those. Everybody had agreed to do it. The fucking craziest part is they had agreed to do it. I know Wells was attached to try to make a Dune movie work. I do remember that. Well, he but he was definitely attached to 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 Jodorowsky's as he was yeah, that's probably the emperor. Mick Jagger was gonna be Fane instead of Sting, which Fane doesn't even appear on this. And I'm like, yeah, why the fuck that. does Fane not even appear on this? He's a big part of it. He's a Harkonnen. Harkonnen, you know, like why would you not do that? Um, the way Jodorowsky described it, he said, I was going to make this almost like an LSD trip, but without the drugs. If, if you see what you're looking at right now, this is what the ships were going to look like. That use of color and stuff like that. And the story was going to be, it was going to be told differently. Like there was going to be like a lot of things from the story that like in that story that were not going to be in the book, but just based on the way that they had it laid out. And Jodorowsky has... There's only two of these books in the world right now. He, I, I don't know how many fucking pages this is, but it's like this thick. And it's basically a shot-by-shot freaking um, uh, storyboard with camera angles and everything. Uh, and for those uh, not non-people who could see it, uh, the height you did... Is like a Scooby Doo sandwich that Shaggy's eating. Pretty much. Uh, and, for, like, <laughs> and for those who don't know what a Scooby Doo sandwich is, just check like out accordion size. Check out Jodorowsky's. Check out Jodorowsky's doing. It's got to be streaming somewhere. Um, but some stories, you know, you can condense them and you can tell the story. Some hmm. stories are slower to the point on print that it's like, you know. If I want to stick to to this, I got to have a longer format in which to tell it. And a film necessarily isn't the way. Where it could have been done with Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is, is, is different, sort of fair altogether, where this is sci-fi, and I'm like, to me this would have been a better series than, it, than, it, than a movie. And it clearly yeah. shows that. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings, which is doing a series on Amazon... Tolkien is a very, very descriptive writer. The Lord of the Rings books are slow. They're not really the most accurate. No, thing. no, they'll spend not. pages and pages describing something. Right? Tolkien will do that. So this is where I think that St. Peter Jackson does it a little better because you're 100 percent right. Not everything in a book goes on a screen. They're just different mediums. They don't work the same it, it, way. It, but even if it does go on a screen, you can't put it in the same screen that everybody wants to see it because. Here's the thing. We've talked about this. Beautiful scale. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You cannot beautiful. fucking deny that. This it is, looks beautiful. As far it's as films go, I'll go on a, out on a limb and I'll say this. This is the most beautiful fucking movie I've seen in the last two, three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It should win the Oscar for like cinematography. It's great. Cinematography, visual effects. This is an Oscar great. winner 100%. Great. The problem is... The story isn't 100% adept to me for a screen. But funny thing was, Jodorowsky said, I wish somebody would make my version of Dune as an animated film. <laughs> funny story. <laughs> it might even work better that way. Because you're, you tend to look at it with a different lens. 
because it's animation. You know, imagine doing it in anime and 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 stuff like that. So. I could say this: If you did it animated, you would pick up the pacing, which was a hundred percent. But that's why I was talking about Jodorowsky's film. If you look at Jodorowsky's film, frame by frame, it is a lot. Like there seems to be aspects of it that are would be a lot faster pace. The only reason why th- th- that film did not get made by Jodorowsky in 1977, when they finished all of this work, was because they said to him. Um, or they said to the people that were, you know, marketing, and they said, this is a beautiful presentation, the best we've ever seen. And $15 million sounds reasonable. We just don't want Jodorowsky. What? But yeah, they just said, we don't want Jodorowsky because they kept saying, can you make this a 90-minute film? Like, at that point, it becomes the bean-counting situation, you know? Can you make this a 90 minute film and he said if i fucking want to make it 12 or 20 hours you're gonna have to let me because this is my vision of what it needs to be and at that point it's really when being a surrealistic director sort of gets you back a little Mm -hmm. bit but you know honestly speaking the vision um the vision was there here a vision vision fucking let me emphasize that vision but it needed work on getting that story moving faster because I don't think we're at a point in time where people want to watch something where they're looking at 20 minutes of visuals followed by three minutes of not 100% clear dialogue. And I think that's a big problem with it. That's just my take on it. And I agree with you. Literally, when you said a big problem with it, that is. I was like, this is beautiful. I can't call it a bad movie. It's and I, But I don't call it good because I'm like, I don't... There was really no story to it. I was like, the, the story I feel is half-baked. It doesn't really end in a good spot. Or like, it, it feels like a prequel. I'm like, this feels like the first half an hour to 45 minutes in a better director's hand, someone who could pace it. And this is really why I go back to Peter Jackson, really, for the Fellowship of the Ring. Because I was like, yeah, because he was able to be like, this is what's unnecessary. Condense this together, get the story moving, right? Because you have to get it moving. But, and, and the big question that I have to ask is, who was this film made for? Was it made for loyalists of, uh, of the original uh, film? You know, not the original film, of the for... original books and stuff? Well, like, yeah. what are you making it? What's your Because you're not going to get everyone to like it. Because I don't... And I hate to say this, but most people don't go to a theater to think about what's going to happen next in the movie. You want the story to be told to you because this is the one time where you're, and we spoke about this last week, you're, you know, you're being an escapist. You're, you're just mm-hmm. unwinding, disconnecting. You don't want to have to think. You want the story to walk itself for you. Yeah. Forward. And when that doesn't happen, and you start sort of... And then there are scenes that just didn't make any damn sense. Like the date scene with the dates. The big palm tree scene that they go on the courtyard. Yeah, that he that's... even has a vision to those burning, and then it's real, but it's just when they're burning everything else. I was like, all this is unnecessary. Well, all of this could have no, been And fun. not even... And, oh, and but this one thing, like, they <laughs> escape. Even Bruce got all excited about it. <laughs> um, they escape, 
Um, Paul and his mother escape. They're in the little bug in the you know bug ship. I like the bug ships. You know, it's like a next wing but way faster. Um, yeah, I like the bug ships. Too. Cool visual design. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So they land, and all of a sudden, Duncan, who at this point I was getting invested in, in Duncan because I was like, man, this is this is like the badass Duncan that Duncan needs to be. Like, yeah. Like, man, I'm going to escape. I'm going to mess all of you up, and I'm going to get my people, and we're going to find... And he goes. And somehow he happens to find them. Just It's yep. a desert. It is a massive desert. But they were buried underneath. So even if they had a signal, they should be buried underneath the sand. Um, like, Duncan just finds them. And then they have Duncan, who is this badass six foot five 250 pound just mountain of a man kneel to this kid because all of a sudden he's the one now he's got the ring sorry but if i've been like a father figure i'm not gonna fucking kneel and worry about protocol in the middle of a sandstorm i'm gonna save your ass all right we're gonna go somewhere and i'll do my best to help however i can yeah, you know? it'd have been great to see more of Duncan's character because that just felt like a we need to move this plot along moment. That scene. Duncan Duncan was what what would have done it because Duncan was your your and yeah, but that's a good time to point his actual like character, put him dialogue. Surely doesn't he'll be like, oh kid, I guess it's up to you. But none of that. You don't get any original lines. It's just, that's why when Duncan dies, I was just like, I don't feel anything. Because I don't really know who Duncan is, right? Because I don't have books. I don't know who he is. And they really don't give me a chance to see it. To me, he's another soldier. He's just another soldier. And, yeah, and, and but, even, well even, but even even the job that they do trying to explain the importance of Duncan by saying, they've got Duncan Idaho and Gurney Halleck. Okay. Cool. Yep. I'm, glad. I'm glad they got Duncan and, and Gurney. Anything else that I need to be worried about? Those because that's just two guys, and, and we got like ten thousand going down. Yep. So and, and 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 I get it. Even the surveyor, the one who was half Furman, half you know, could could be in both worlds. Who is their imperial doctor? Um, Kinds. Yeah. Even when they separated from her, and then they went back to her just to show her die right before she's gonna ride the worm. And I was like, you could really truncate a lot of this. And make it really quick. You're just prolonging all of it. Like that whole that whole sequence they're escaping through the tunnel where they're like tension because we were looking out to see if we we're gonna start it up in time before anybody comes. And no one comes. So therefore that's a pointless scene. Like it's a scene that was unnecessary to see the mother and, and son sitting there trying to rev it up and scared if someone's gonna come when there's no payoff. And also one of the biggest bins. problems that I Then had. just to go and see another character who they immediately left off with just died. I'm like, why don't we just follow her? We see her die and then they're in the tunnels because we can understand in film that they went to a ship left and then we can but, see him in the air problem, trying to get away. You know what, Jonathan? My problem, it goes beyond that. Because I, and I don't know if you caught this, because it was very brief. And it's easy to sort of get disconnected from it. But here's what fucking bothered me. The father's dead. They go into an area in the desert to change into their wetsuits. 
or their um, their suits, desert suits, right? The mother looks at the boy as he's changing, and he's got no like shirt on. Oh, she turns around. Yeah. And then he looks at her, and you got this weird, unwanted moment of just unnecessary sexual tension, which is yes! not. What was that? What that? Guy? I didn't care for that. I didn't care but for I... that. Like, I felt like at that point I was watching Mel Gibson's Hamlet where he makes out with his mom for that very brief period, which is so disturbing. Oh, yeah. no, I remember that. No. It's fucking but no, sick. I agree with, I agree with you, but I feel like there were so many scenes like that that were kind of just weird, but they, they don't talk about it. They don't really, like, follow up with no. it. So it's kind of like, well, what is any of these scenes for? And this movie is two and a half hours long, I want to reiterate where it doesn't have a clear like ending. The ending's not a good spot. They don't really clear up all the things that are going on or characters. So it's kind of like, well, why did you then waste He's all supposed my time to become the fucking leader of the Fremen and all you're telling me is that he's going to training camp. That's yeah, it. Maybe. I don't know, because maybe his visions told him to do I don't even know how his visions work. I watched this for two and a half hours of visions and I still don't know how his visions work by the end of it. I don't know anything about this movie. I really didn't know anything about the characters. And I was like, okay, what I got the most is that this is a white savior movie where the dude is coming to the minorities and is gonna save them all. It's a Jesus allegory white savior. That's the biggest thing I took from this movie more than anything else. And only because I knew that trope rather than what the movie tells me because this movie doesn't tell me a lot. It just literally plot and, and story-wise that's the thing. Nothing. That's the tells thing. Like it gives you this sense that it's you know it's supposed to be paid out, but it never is. What's worse is it tells you that you're not gonna get paid out because that's the first thing that I thought when I saw part one. It's like, how many times? Tell me this. How many times you see subtitle? Like, you see, like, a part part of the title, right? Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Episode 1, Episode 2, whatever. You don't see um, just something that says Part 1. Yeah, unless it's a book series. But I think this one of Even the reasons that, I not necessary, dislike dude. this, I feel like it was disingenuine, right? Because we've seen this with the Harry Potter films, with Twilight films, or other books. They will say the Sleepy Hollow Part 1. So you do know there's two books coming, right? Or two mm. movies coming, right? Mm. And they usually film them very close so you don't have to wait, like, you know, years. Part one's coming out. By next year, you'll have part two. Don't worry. Well, you know, it's there. We've done that with all the Twilights, all these. So I'm used to that. When they market Dune, or when I looked up Dune, nowhere does it tell you part one. No. It doesn't tell you until the movie starts. And I'm like, well, that's really disingenuine to not tell me that you're not actually filming all of Dune, that you're only doing part one. Like, that's disingenuous to me. Because you me, should have put part one in the advertising. But I feel like if they did, they knew people wouldn't see it because they'd be like, what if for part me, one? For me, where, where I would become more invested is if I knew that you're going to tell me all the stories of all of the books, all right, from beginning to end, because Paul is not 100% like a hero in the most traditional sense. He means well, but he's really not. And really you have to read all the books to, 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 to gain an appreciation for that. And House 
Atreides is not like the centerpiece of Dune. Here, I mean, it's one part of it. It's really just one fucking part of it. And it's not that I want everything that's in the books to be there, but I'm like, there's so much potential there that you really should know what you're picking. And just everything I... that you picked was not 100% right. Like, you could you could have told the story of Dune in two and a half hours. It's been done. Yeah. Yeah, I th- and that's and that's my big feeling from this session of part one. I was like, you know what? You could have made this a half an hour, forty five minutes. This movie and told me the rest of the movie, like just told me the rest of the book, because I really feel like, and they're 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 hiding behind part one. But I'm like, this is not a streaming service, all right? This is a movie. So if you're gonna put Dune, tell me the story of Dune, or if not, like if not, then why did you choose to? have it so slow if you're like there's so much in here right there's so much of dune that it needs more than one movie then why is this movie so slow and why is so much not talked about or said it's just really like you had so much space to do it why didn't you do it why did you give me two and a half hours and a lot of it was just really slow and we really didn't move characters forward i didn't get to see the main girl character until the last 10 minutes I saw visions of her for two hours and twenty minutes. And then, and, but then, and then, <laughs> but then the the whole the general story of her and Paul isn't even told. It is straight up rejected. You know, and mm-hmm. and at one point, you see, he wants to say something to her. It's like, ah. Oh, yeah, I forget yeah. about it. I'm just gonna go fight this guy and kill yeah. him. Yeah, I was like, I was like pointless. And and I really think if we did Lord of the Rings, which again I hate to compare it to, but beautifully shot at its time, right? Mm-hmm. And you spent oh. the whole first movie just in the Shire, and then they were like, all right, now we're gonna leave the Shire and go on an adventure. People would be like, man, this is slow and plotting and doesn't make sense. It, look, you if you watch, if you watch, if you watch the original, the original obviously has a bunch of difficulties in terms of the technology that it didn't have at that point in time. And you might not even like the performances, but it tells a story from beginning to end, or it does its best to tell a story from beginning to end. It's two hours and 17 minutes. Um, the reason, you know, why I think part of it is an, is an issue is people want to go the surrealist route and they want to go with the visions and this and that. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to carry every single thing over anything like anything that doesn't tell you what your character's journey is going to be. And just pretty much tells you that your character obviously has some deep seated conflicts that come with being a chosen one for house, a tradees and, uh, and, and for, and the, for the Bene Gesserit. We, that takes like two minutes to tell. Yeah, you know, and and you can still do it justice, but you don't have to tell every. You don't. No, and and I feel in another director's hand, this would have been thirty to forty-five minutes, like the first part of the movie, as they continued on. Like here, we're setting up all the stakes. We're setting yeah. up why he has to start running, like in a half an hour. Then the next half an hour is his time. Half an hour for is the time with the Furman, like you know, like we're we're just but we're moving it along. Because in this movie, I'm like, we could have just moved it along, man. I really liked it, but I think it would have been better. I, I when I say I really like the visuals, but I think it would have been better if they just moved it along. Because the characterizations in the story are only a half an hour, forty five minutes worth. 
This whole thing could have been told in a half an hour. It, it's what you pick. It like what you pick needs to make sense visually, in the sense that, you know, when they're saving the the spice, Iceberg? the unnecessary, thing, unnecessary. It's like, at the end of the but but here's here's my point. When in the original they have that scene too, but it's much shorter. Paul doesn't even leave the ship. It's just like, come on, come on, come on. That's it. And then they get up and they go. And what that scene did was establish the fact that this dude, the, not the, the Duke, Leto, was kind-hearted and fair and was here to work with the people. That was it. You did not need to spend so much time on that scene. If you were going to have it, that scene could have been one of those... Yeah, it's not just like a 10, 15-minute scene, which I got it. I was like, oh, the Duke cares. I was like, I got that when he was like, no, get them out of here now. I was like, got you. But then the scene keeps going for like another 10 minutes. And I was like, I already get it. We got it. Because honestly, that seems a perfect thing. I get that the Duke's a kind-hearted man when he's going to rescue them no matter what. I didn't need the next 15 minutes because the first 30 seconds, you already showed me what his character was. And you did nothing and, new. And the thing is, I'm already invested. The next 10 minutes. I think that's the thing too. Is I invested more in the Duke. Because I knew he was a kind-hearted guy. He was clearly a good father. Loved his concubine. All these things. You know, and he cares. And yeah. I get it. But the Duke's not the hero here. But again, all those Duke scenes, five minutes. Conference room, saving someone. <laughs> you know, like to show how he cares for people, what he feels in his son. And the scene with the son, that's five minutes altogether. You yeah, didn't, but, you know what, but you know what? He movie. didn't even need the conference room scene. I never felt that that was necessary, honestly. Yeah, and I, I'm saying even add it in, I feel like you could keep it from what I have from this movie. I could keep those, but I can cut them all down, and I get the exact same characterization of the Duke without the need to stretch it for 30 more minutes. And from there, I can just keep going because we see it visually, like, a book is different, but in a film, we've seen a, he's nice with his son. We see that he cares for the people and he rescues other people. And now he gets portrayed sad. That's all we need. Like we see it and it moves forward. Like on oh, a loving husband, you can keep that bedroom scene. That was a perfect amount of time. I should have married you. I loved you. Goes to sleep. You know what I mean? And we move forward and on. Uh, but it's just like five minutes could have taken what they used. And, the, the, and, the, and, the, and Dr. Kynes, who actually has more um in the book and i'm like you know like five lines of dialogue like here's here's my problem here's my problem here's my problem with how they portray dr kynes they changed in this film dr kynes to be a woman because it was originally a man okay but they essentially don't do her any favors or make her look like a strong woman in any way shape or form because essentially yeah she sort of betrays what the what the emperor set for her to do which that does happen in the book but i'm like you know you have an opportunity with this character and you're not taking advantage of it because this could be this his new sage council okay you're not doing that you're hinting that that could happen and instead you kill her nope. and you have her be the one person that gets the one good person that gets swallowed up by a worm that apparently 
based on what you're saying, she could have actually controlled in some way, but she got stabbed. I'm like, yeah. come on. Yeah. And, and honestly, again, there's another one. She had all of three scenes, and I'm supposed to care about her. Very little dialogue, more establishing shots of just looking at her than actually having her do anything. So what is the point of that character? Why did I spend like 20 minutes on that character when you could have spent two minutes and get the same result? Because not a lot of dialogue happened, not a lot of action happened, and really, what she served to move the plot, you could have done in two minutes. Done. So this movie is just very slow, but it's not slow in a good sense because it's, it's slowness and it taking its time didn't add to the characters. It literally no, had it's the subtracted, same it's subtracted from the of story. a half an hour setup. It's, it's subtracted from the story. I, again, to be fair, loved the visuals. And I highly, I, I highly recommend that part of it. Um, for story, it quite frankly didn't work for me because I feel that no. you assuming that I, as as part of the audience, would want to basically figure all this out on my own or be left to figure all this out on my own. It's not that I wanted to be spoon fed, but also that's not what I'm going there for. So, you know, I'm not. I don't hate it, but I also don't love it. Same. I feel that it has a ton of potential. And I feel that if they could... Because now it's like... Now we're going to tell the Paul story. But the Paul story, as it was done in the first film, was done in two and a half hours. It didn't. You didn't need a second part for it. You can't be that faithful to source material in the sense that you're going to take the exact same beats that uh, that that you would see or imagine in a book. It just it, yeah. it doesn't work the same. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just it's I I can't call it a bad movie. I do not think it's bad. I can't call it a good movie. And to answer your earlier question, I don't know who this is for. I think it's for book loyalists because I have a feeling if you know nothing of Dune. I don't know what this does for you. As a person like me who knows nothing of Dune, I was like, I didn't care for the characters. I really don't get the story. There are people, it's just there kind are... of beautiful to look at. But I can do that in any other movie that takes me less than two and a half hours, and I can get a fulfilling movie with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, there were people. There were people in the theater. There were people in the theater, um, like a few people that would clap. And I could see by looking around and surveying, which the, the theater wasn't full by any means, I could see by, by looking at the theater and surveying that you had some loyalists that would probably be able to tell you what the Duke was wearing the night before he died on his left foot as opposed to his right foot. That kind of loyalty. Um, you know, Dune has a has an almost Trekkian following in that regard. Um, you know... I'm just going to say, to wrap up, basically, check it out and make your own decisions about it. That's the yeah. decision that we made. Um, mm -hmm. And I, as someone who, who read the books, don't feel really that much different than Jonathan does. Because I feel that more could have been done to add to the story. And that's from a writer's perspective. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to say that it's bad. But I'm also not going to say it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen story-wise and that's a big part of it you know um 
I, I'm, I'm gonna keep to a sentiment that you vaped and I said, and it's so funny that we both thought it, again, we don't talk about these beforehand, no. but after watching that movie, I was like, this would be a better limited series. Yeah. If they just had a limited series, I could press next. My complaints would go away because I'd have more to watch, uh, you know, and get the story. But now that I don't have it though, it's kind of like, I, I have to wait and see to the next one, but it's not, I don't know, see it for yourself. It's just, to me, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't do enough. It's not bad, it's great to look at, but it's not really, I can understand if you don't like it. I completely understand. If you're, if you're a fan, if you're a, a fan of Dune or what have you, I, what I would say, or even if you're just being introduced to the, for the first time, Watch Jodorowsky's Dune, the um, the documentary. Um, that should be streaming somewhere. Um, you're going to, first of all, love the personality of Jodorowsky because he's he's one of those dudes that's just like out there, like he's a modern day Dali kind of situation. Um, and 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 think about what we just said and think about what it does for you because again um you know this was one of those things that just felt like we ran out of time so we're just gonna leave you with this yep <laughs> this is only the beginning that yeah. is the most generic line that you could end the movie with like this is only the beginning that's what you hear in a final battle. That's what mm -hmm. you hear. I mean, and that's not even it's like only the beginning. Like that. that okay, sure. After okay, two just... and a half hours, it's only the beginning. Thanks for and letting I me know. Literally, I and some of that made me go. I but I'm gonna tell you if I saw this in theaters, I probably would wait to see the next one until it was like all together. I probably wouldn't see it in theater. Um, because just because I was like, I don't want this. Who knows how many they're gonna take to do? This one was so slow. I literally don't know how many movies it's gonna take to tell this one story. And there's not. And so I, I, I'm kind of like, to me, I'm very hesitant about it. Um, I, I, I do agree. It actually makes me want to see the '84 movie, um, and see like how they were able to do it, uh, just to juxtapose it. And I probably, coming from this and seeing that. I don't know. If it's able to tell a complete story and has its pacing, I probably will end up liking it better. Just because you I may, want You may story. because what it is, it has it has the visions, but they don't take over the entire film. And it has some repeating shots about water and stuff like that because that's one of the underlying like B to C stories of it. But for example, the the Emperor, or not the Emperor, but first of all, you see the Emperor. You don't just fucking hear about him. You see him. It's played by the Emperor is played by Miguel Ferrer. You hear and you, like you see the truly disgusting nature of uh, Baron Harkonnen, and you see what a piece of garbage Raban truly is. Like he's so horrible, and you see fight, you know, fade, and um, you see Paul really start owning his role. And, surprise, he doesn't kill one of the Fremen to do it. Mm -hmm. He does have a duel with, with Fade. Alright? Because at that point, when he takes over, it's like, okay. You're done, Emperor. You try to fuck me over. Cool. Didn't work. And here's the reason why. I got an army. 
you're kind of screwed. It does jump around a little bit with time skips because his his sister um, Alina grows or Alia, sorry, grows in, uh, grows up like a lot quicker and stuff like that. It, it's because of time constraints, obviously. But again, time constraints. You try to tell a story in a little bit of a more creative way, whether it works or not. That's really up to the viewer. But yeah. I think story-wise, it tells a more complete story. Mm. But again, you know, the best frame of reference is the book. And from that, you see the first film and you're like, how much of the story does this really tell? Obviously, this one didn't tell the whole story. But the, the first one tried to. The, the one in 84, the Dino De Laurentiis production, uh, David Lynch film, tried to tell that story. So, And I think, honestly, that in, in a way... Maybe some people are not going to agree with me, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I kind of think that it does tell the more complete story. Uh, and I think this is a time where I know some of the production, they, the, the studio gave them more freedom and room. But I think this is one of those times the studio notes are like, hey, man, just wrap it up in one story. Would have been a better thing to do to challenge the director <sighs> to actually do it. I think he had a vision. I think he had the right characters. He obviously can shoot it. The cinematography is beautiful, mm. but the pacing and editing just needed to pick up. And I really think that I wish the studio kind of stepped in and told, because to me, this seems an anti-studio movie in the sense of the pacing, because studios usually like their movies paced a little faster. Um, and I feel like the studio should have now, stepped see, in. No, see, I don't that. think the editing was a problem. It's the lack of fucking necessary dialogue that's the problem. If you don't sure. have the, the dialogue to build it up, it doesn't matter because, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna assemble a beautiful establishing shot with another establishing shot to make yet another grand establishing shot because that's all I have to work with. If I don't have the fucking dialogue to work with, because it's like, no, 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 I want you to go like, zoom. That doesn't work, you know. That's right. You're right. So yeah, I guess I say, see it for yourself. Um, this is a middle of the road. Um, yeah, middle of the road. I guess this is a, it's not. It's not great. Beautifully shot. It's not the end of the shot. road. Look, read the first book. Watch the eighty-four film. Watch this one again. Make your own decision. Decision. Yep. That's that's, that's that's what we can say. Yeah. Well, all right, everyone. Uh, thank you for sticking us with this review. Don't forget to like, comment, and yes, subscribe. Right. Really appreciate all of you um, uh, coming and checking us all out. Um, Find all our stuff on uh, Tubi as well. Our boys school's up there now. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it uh, on there as well. Of course, we're searching for Betty Paoli. Rick, anything else you want to tell them? No. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Spice. Spice. Um, I'm going to leave you with a nice establishing shot. We're going to zoom out for a little while. We're just going to stand here talk and not say anything. Or sit here and not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that sweet of cinematic. But <laughs> <laughs>